Hey, uh, before we get started, I just want to issue a quick content warning. Uh, we do briefly discuss suicide in this episode, so if that is something that you're sensitive to, this might be a good episode to skip. Uh, I also, on a less serious note, want to issue a uh, radiator noise warning. Uh, I live in an old apartment, and uh, a radiator heats my building and every once in a while it goes off. So you're going to hear some sounds of, of, of a spooky radiator. You can just pretend it's a ghost if that uh, makes it a, a better Halloween episode, which I think it, it might. So anyway, uh, enjoy the episode, uh, radiator noises and all, and uh, have a happy Halloween. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. Two, we both podcast together, the hazards of loving the Decemberists. It's still me, Pete Wissinger. And it's me, the very scary and spookifying Matt Esner. Oh my god. You guys are going to have to deal with Matt obnoxiously loving Halloween as this we is, record this. This is our Halloween episode. because We don't have episode. a Halloween episode. It's the only episode we're putting out in October. Uh, Matt, we, we should say, though, that we're in costume right now. Yeah, I'm dressed as Eli the Barrel Boy. Yeah, and I'm the Tamarack. So, so it's we're we're a, we're a group costume. We're a, we're a couple's costume. This year we're doing we're doing Picaresque themed costumes because uh, that's the most important album. To, yeah. uh, to us and as it, as a as a team, it's the most important. Unfortunately, album. there's no parties for us to go to because if there was, I would stand and and Matt would sit at my feet and and cry and cry. Yeah. I mean, I would probably do that if we went to a party anyway, even if it wasn't God, a fashion party. I hate parties. They're the worst. They are but as someone who worst. loves Halloween, you're probably constantly battling your distaste for parties. I That's the only, like, I would love, would love to go to Halloween parties, but I'm bad at, at costumes, and I don't have enough friends that uh, are into Halloween to, to throw one myself. So, yeah. I mean, I could throw a Halloween party. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to this year, but like... You know. Are those big haunted houses you love pretty much all canceled because of yeah, COVID? Yeah, they're all, they're all closed. I mean, not the ones in St. Louis, but the ones I've worked, uh, I've worked on shows for, they're they're closed this year. Well, Missouri is like open for business. It's crazy. There, there's no pandemic in Missouri. We just keep yeah. hitting record highs every day. You know, but fewer people are dying, right? So that's something. I mean, statistically, like it's it's a it's a less deadly virus than it was. I mean, a you dumb know, guy I went to grade school ago. with posted a YouTube video of a doctor demonstrating how masks don't work. So, well, that's just not patently not true. But he posts a lot of QAnon videos too, so he's probably a fan of the pod. Mm, yeah, he is. He was. He's part of the <laughs> the Truth Force. That's our right. Second, our secret second after podcast. Hours yeah. Podcast. <laughs> um. So uh, it's been how long? When was our last recording? I don't know. Sometime in September, the last episode we did was the was the the finale, it was right? The ranking episode. So it's been more than a month, probably, since we. It has have recorded. I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, so people are just hungry for more Decemberist content. I'm sure. Are we getting new listens? Because I've I've occasionally plugged it on the uh, the subreddit again. I don't know. We're having. I, we should say though that we're turning down a lot of endorsements because we we, we don't really want to go corporate. Yeah, like, we're not. This isn't about making money for us it's about making money for the band by belittling them and talking shit about them constantly <laughs> speaking of talking shit about the band how excited were you to find out that the big announcement for hazards okay, of love yeah, let's hold on hold on let's <laughs> let's take let's take a few steps back okay. start at, start at the beginning how so you you said there was a big announcement but like so so the decemberists on their instagram page like a month ago, just posted a picture from the Hazards of Love live show, and it said, soon. Okay, so that was very foreboding. Yeah. Right? So what were you hoping whenever that came out? Obviously, best case scenario would be like a live tour of of Hazards, like a Hazards anniversary tour where they played the whole album. That would be cool. You, you think they were going to announce a tour during COVID? I'm saying that's best case scenario. Like... You know, because they're they're. I mean, they've already talked about touring next year. They're like, if we can tour next year, we're going to tour. Well, they've got to make fit. up their twentieth anniversary tour, right? But it would be cool if they're like twentieth anniversary tour. We're gonna we're gonna combine it with a hazard tour. So what I was hoping be for best case. was a high quality concert video recording. Yeah, like a yeah. like a live movie of the Hazards show. Sure, on Disney Plus. 
yeah, absolutely. Release it straight uh, to Disney Plus. Um, but uh, so then they came out with the announcement. It turns out what it is is a vinyl only live recording. I don't know. And you can't see. I'm, I'm. I should do it closer to camera. But this is this is this is what I think about that. Doing uh, he's, a doing a he's doing yeah, a jerk off. He's doing a jerk off. Really motion, elaborate <laughs> jerk off motion. I mean, so it's. One vinyl only into a live recording, which we've already expressed our distaste for on this. Um, the only thing that podcast. would make it acceptable is if they did include the covers that they did on that tour. That would be kind of cool to have. It's a, only the and that's the funny thing is that it's a live recording, but it's only the first half of that live show. Fuck, it's only that. the hazards part. There's a whole second act. Oh my god, to that evening that must also be recorded. So I didn't know that part. That makes me yeah. sad. Apparently, this is the first volume of the Decemberist live vinyl collection that they're going to start doing now. Do you have any vinyl, Matt? I have no vinyl. I have no interest in vinyl. Uh, at, you know, at, at you, know point, you haven't really listened to to their stuff if you haven't listened to it well, on yeah, vinyl. Yeah. Um, I gave up on physical media about, I don't know, five years ago, I think. What's the most recent movie that you bought? Uh, Do we have this conversation on? We had this conversation on the podcast already. Cut this. Cut this shit. Yeah, we talked. It's going on there. Seven psychopaths. It's on the record. Everyone needs to know it. (laughs) I'm doubling down. Whatever we have, we both podcast together. Trivia content. That's not true. Actually, I take it back because I bought uh, I bought the Benicio del Toro version of the Wolfman. uh, Like today? No, but like two two years ago. Um. When I was living in Troy, Illinois, uh, I went to a Slackers and bought that on on DVD. I've never seen that movie, but I can only imagine that it's bad because you're the only person I know who probably would like it and you don't. Well, here's the thing. The the DVD has the director's cut, which is actually significantly better than the theatrical release, which I did not like. Okay. Okay. So if you can get your hands on a, on a physical copy of it and watch the director's cut, it's my anyway, official endorsement. Those- Members of the band that are listening, just know that we were pretty disappointed that that was your big announcement. Um, yeah, guys. I mean, it's cool that you're doing that, I guess, but maybe have something Give us a video. that's more appropriate Give- for the uh, We Both Podcast Together crew. Absolutely. Um, so, Matt, we, we finished season one. What are we doing today, then? We've already gone through all their albums. Why are we back? Well, in addition uh, to this being our Halloween episode... Uh, and, and just full of frights and chills and spooks and ghosts. Uh, there's a bunch of songs that, that aren't on like EPs, that aren't on albums, that are sort of like uh, Decemberist sort of ephemera and, and, and bits and pieces, odds and ends, uh, that are like parts of collaborations they did, soundtracks, uh, charity albums, things like that. So that's what we're talking about today. This would be our like true fans only episode. This yeah, this is the this is like hard to find, not necessarily deep cuts, but just like not cuts, non un, right. uncuts. It's like those people that were really into the Beatles and would track down like fan club only single releases. Right. Yeah. Um, I had only listened to I think half of these songs before getting ready for this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's I mean there's a few that I sought out because they were. You know, when they came out while I was in the throes of my fandom. Um, we should say like half of these are covers. About half of them are covers. Um, but And some of them are just like, I just didn't know they existed until I just searched right. Decemberist songs on Spotify that and, and looked for songs that weren't on. Um, the other unique thing about this episode is that these recordings span the entire career of the band. Right, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of a neat, you know, exercise for us to kind of get to hear some early stuff, hear them back in like right around picaresque times yeah that's i think that's the earliest cut is from picaresque ish times uh i can neither confirm nor deny that well i can because i did the research yeah i did a lot of research too so sure you did i may or may not have texted matt an hour before this episode and told him i have done no research (laughs) yep yep that's all right i was bored today and had plenty of time to peruse uh wikipedia and and other sites but mostly wikipedia so do you have any actual halloween specific bits ready for today 
so I spent so much time trying to figure out some sort of some sort of Halloween hook, some sort of way to make this a Halloween episode. Uh, the for the for the longest time, I was trying to pursue some sort of like Decemberist adjacent choose your own adventure game, but then like I just I realized how much work that would involve. And uh, I abandoned it pretty quickly. We could uh, try and name as many December songs as we can think of that have ghosts in them. Well, actually, now that you mention that, the you exercise that I did settle on was a... It's not exhaustive, but it's a game called Is There a Ghost? And it is, it is a game in which you, Pete Wisinger, have to tell me whether or not there is a ghost in the song. That's easy, because I actually listen to the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So maybe it'll be easy, and maybe it'll uh, be completely... Not entertaining at all, but we're going to talk about it. Are we doing this now? Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. So, all right, so, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, here we go. Here are let's the, get here spoopy. Are the, here are the rules of the game. If there's a ghost in the song, you say ghost. If there isn't a ghost, you say no ghost. And and okay. for the purposes of the song, a ghost is a a dead thing uh, that like uses or, or ha- exhibits characteristics of a living thing right something other than just a corpse so if something's dead that's not, not a ghost. ghost not a ghost okay uh, all right but if it's dead and does something like right. pushes you or it says hello <laughs> shakes your hand that's a ghost that counts yeah so again this is not an exhaustive list of all the songs it's just kind of a all right, random all right. i'm ready bag. i'm gonna get 100 so, percent. question one okay shiny no ghost that is correct. Yeah, there's there are there's some there's a G word, but it's not <laughs> ghost. Uh, <laughs> Leslie and Levine. Oh, definitely a dead baby ghost, one hundred percent. That is correct. A cautionary song. Nope, all those rapey sailors are alive. California one. Um, yes, in the whispered part, she talks about ghosts, but I don't know if there is a ghost. Does that count? What's your final answer? You're going to have to commit. Uh, I'm going to say no, because ghosts are mentioned, but I don't think there is actually a ghost in the song. That is correct. She talks about what she would do if she was a ghost. (laughs) But she's not. She's not. Yeah. Uh, Eli the Barrow Boy. Uh, oh, actually, that's a good question. Does Eli do anything after dying? Yeah, because you hear him call down the day. Yes, there's a ghost. That is correct. Yankee Bayonet. Yeah, for sure. The whole song is sung by a ghost. Summer Song. Oh, God. That would require me to actually have listened to Summer Song. Okay. Uh, Swallowed by a Wave. You know what? I don't care. No, no ghost. There is a ghost in Summer Song. (laughs) God, who gives a shit? (laughs) Uh, Lake Song. Oh god! Um, no, no ghost. That is correct. There, there is the word ghost in it, though. He says ghost oh, at some point. I would have no idea. Uh, you know that people like that song. Yeah, people like that song. Speaking of songs that people like, uh, Star Watcher. <laughs> I do like that song. Uh, <laughs> there's no ghost in Star Watcher. That is correct. The Harrowed and the Haunted. Oh, now it does say haunted in the title. It does. I was saying no ghost. You're right. It's a metaphorical haunting. I thought you were going to give me your ghost. No. Is that too obvious? It's a little obvious. <laughs> Although I, maybe I'll use that for the. That's going to be the theme song to this. This. Uh, Good. This section. I love it. <laughs> uh, Shankill butchers. No, they're alive. Yeah. Until they murder people and right. murder people are dead. Uh, culling of the fold. Don't think there's ghosts in that one either. Just murderers. That's correct. Okay. July, July. No. Is that your final answer? I'm going to say no. Where's the ghost in July, July? Okay. So my, this, this might be a little, uh, this might be up for debate, but I think in the song, the ghosts of the chickens rattle the chicken chains because it's no longer a functioning slaughterhouse. So he's in the, when he's singing about the song, it is a former chicken slaughterhouse. And he says, when the chickens rattle chicken chains, I think he's talking about ghost chickens. Like, like it's like a Bob, or a, not Bob Marley, a Jacob Marley style chicken. No, it's, it's got- a Bob Marley chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a little hat. One of those Rasta hats. Yeah. 
Yeah, like a Jacob Marley chicken, like it's covered in chains. I no, like the ch- the chain fences that the coops would be in. Uh, I think I think this one's suspicious. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. <laughs> Just because it's your a matter interpretation, interpretation is that there are ghosts. <laughs> it certainly seems like there would be ghost chickens. Okay, all right. And here's the last one. Rusalka. No. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know that one. Like, I couldn't figure it out one way or the other. It seems like... Because it seems like maybe one of the people singing is dead when he's singing it. Oh, okay. But I don't know. It's hard to say. You didn't say Hazards of Love 3. Yeah, I I left out the most obvious ones. (laughs) Or Shanty. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was was Is There a Ghost. Wow. Bravo. We'll do it again next year. We'll, we'll, hopefully there'll be a, a, just a whole bunch more other there'll be a new songs. album full of ghost songs yeah uh, anyway so yeah H- happy Halloween everybody happy Halloween everyone go uh, listen to Monster Mash yeah yeah do you do you believe in ghosts Pete? <laughs> like for real? yeah for real no you, you don't believe in ghosts? do you believe in do you believe that people who see ghosts are all like lying or no i think think that i think that the mind is very powerful yeah right like because i think i hear shit all the time right and like the mind can play tricks on you yeah like there's just better explanations than ghosts right do you believe in ghosts i i believe that i don't believe in ghosts but i believe that i could believe in ghosts like I, there are things that could happen that would convince me. That Do you think to other Ghost people. Hunter shows are real? No, I think 100% of them are <laughs> fake. But I don't think everyone who's seen ghosts is lying. I just think that, like, I don't believe it because it's not happened to me. But if, if the things that happened to some of those people happened to me, I would probably believe. Like what? Um, I don't know. Like, if I, like, so I... Who, like, I, see their, their, like, dead family members? Uh, I don't... I've never talked to someone who's seen their dead family members, but I've seen people, I've talked to people who said they've seen ghosts or like seen like, like things in, in like, like one of my coworkers said when she was in college, uh, one of the bathrooms was haunted. And like, so the, you know, one of the first times she went in there, uh, in the mirror, she saw the reflection of a girl that was hanging herself. And, you know, after that, she just never went in that bathroom again. So that's bullshit. You think that's bullshit? Yeah, of course I think it's bullshit. <laughs> well, what what could it have been if it wasn't uh, her wasn't... freaking herself out? All right, have you or ever her like... lying to you? I mean, that's possible. That's very possible. But have you? I ever, don't know this like... person, but she sounds like a liar. Okay. <laughs> All right, she probably is. Uh, have you ever like had anything that you like even for a second thought could have been a ghost? Yeah, I mean, like hearing things. Yeah, mostly whenever I. What happens is I get the, like, feeling that there's someone else. Yeah. See, I've never had that. Never had hmm. that. I, I'm i trying to think, like, the last time I felt, like, legitimately scared. Like, just in, like, like supernatural kind of terror. Not, like, uh, You concerned. saw me scared that one time we went to a haunted house together. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. I was very scared. You were, you were, like... But you were like primed to be like frightened. I think. Like, yeah, I think I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be fun, scary." But then, as soon as the shit started, I was like, "I fucking hate this." Yeah, it's a lot of jump scary stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't get that, why people like it. The the I would say like the last time I was actually like scared, scared was I was uh it was it was before a Halloween party. Except for like, I used to do these Halloween parties where I'd like play in scavenger hunts and stuff. Yeah, uh, I did one of those. Yeah, and so the last one of the last ones I did, um, so I was like at the place where the party was going to happen, and everyone out, everyone else was just out doing the scavenger hunt. So I was there alone at my friend's house, like setting up, you know, the party and stuff by myself, and nothing like super like scary happened. It was just like being completely alone in this place that wasn't, you know, it wasn't like my house. I mean, I was familiar with it, but like, I don't know, like that was it was kind of spooky and uh i ended up watching uh the halloween episode of parks and rec just to calm my nerves because it was uh that 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 was like sort of my comfort food at that point but that was the last time i was like legitimately like felt a sort of supernatural kind of fright that's really lame i know right <laughs> like i wish i had a cool story about seeing ghosts but 
I, I've never, never even gotten close. Working at the summer camp in the middle of the woods, walking by yourself in the woods at night, um, you think you hear stuff all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. You outside, like I feel like there's so much I don't know outside. Like it would be very hard for me to convince myself that it was a ghost outside, unless right. it was like someone saying. I, I mean, I'm more worried about like other people than I am about the supernatural. Right. Yeah. Should we talk about the Decemberists? I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the first. How do we song want to move through this chronologically? Yeah, we'll go chronologically. Okay. So the the first song we're going to talk about is uh, from a 2006 tribute album uh, for Elliot Smith called "To Elliot from Portland." The Decemberists did a cover of the Elliot Smith song "Clementine." Um, and so these are all Portland musicians paying tribute to Elliot Smith, who is also from Portland. Uh, I think he lived in Portland. I don't think he's actually from Portland. And I didn't know this. He died in he died in L.A. Really? Smith. Yeah. I did not know of Elliot Smith before he had killed himself. Right. Yeah. Um, he like, died in 2003, I think. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, my sort of introduction to Elliot Smith, because I wasn't cool, was uh, the Royal Tenenbaums. Hearing yeah. Needle in the Hay and Royal Tenenbaums. Right. I mean, probably me as well. Uh, I think I was into Wes Anderson before I was into indie music. So did you know this Elliot Smith song? Just because of the Decemberists covered it every once in a while. Although I think I've heard... I, I mean, Elliot Smith doesn't have too many albums. I might have I might have heard all of his stuff at this point. But it never, it never like, stuck out to me. Um, so, you know, listening to this version, this cover for this uh this episode you know i listened to this a few times and i listened to the elliot smith version a few times and what kind of surprised me is the elliot smith version is a little bit more upbeat like it's kind of yeah this 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 is slowed down yeah um so this is from elliot smith's self-titled um i think it's his debut album oh no second album nice um which was also released on kill rock stars nice um, this album also features uh, Needle in the Hay, which is the other song that I sort of got into him with. You know, this song intentionally plays upon the Oh My Darling Clementine folk song. Right. But Colin's cover here is very slowed down. I mean, I say Colin's cover. I guess it's credited as the Decemberist, but this is just Colin. He plays the harmonica on this, or someone right. plays the harmonica, yeah. which is interesting because like... Once once it starts getting incorporated in December's songs and the king is dead, I feel like he couldn't put it down. So it's weird that he's showing restraint because this this is a recording from probably 2006. I mean the this the album came out in 2006, so this would have been right around picaresque. So basically, what I'm saying is he picked up the harmonica much earlier than the king is dead and found a way to put it back down. But then after he started playing it for King is dead, he just couldn't stop playing that stupid harmonica. This is a nice cover. Um, I don't know that it necessarily needs to be as slowed down as it is, but I I think it's just if it wasn't on like an album that was like a tribute album for someone that they I I don't know. Like I think it's like sort of a a, it's purposefully slow. I think it's like a dirge. It's kind of like a funereal song on purpose because it's, you know, it's kind of a sad album, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Elliot Smith does kind of stand out as this sort of like legendary tragic figure in like indie music right like the kind of uh archetypal you know damaged goods kind of musician right tragically suicide at a young age like uh what jeff buckley jeff buckley wasn't a suicide though it wasn't i mean they don't know oh didn't he accidentally drown in the in the mississippi river i believe outside of uh Mud Island. Anyway, Memphis. how about like Kurt Cobain? Sure. Like the indie rock version of Kurt Cobain. Yeah. I mean, I guess Nirvana wasn't indie. But anyway, we're getting outside the point. But uh, yeah, this is definitely, like I said, stripped down, slowed down cover, um, which the Decemberists have a song by the same title on their first album. Yes. Um, and when... They play Clementine live. Sometimes they will play the Elliot Smith version. And the yeah, he usually ends with that. 
Yeah. Which I would say this Clementine is better than their Clementine. Um, I guess. I don't know. It's missing that really, really good pedal steel, but. Sure. I, uh, I very much like this cover, though. Yeah, for sure. But it's mostly a good cover because it's a good song. Like, it's not. They're not. And, yeah. The, the Decembers aren't adding anything in this reinterpretation. But I think we've talked about that generally being a trend with them in covers. Yeah. Do you think the Decembers were like. I mean, did they know Elliot Smith? Did Were they in the same circles, you think? I don't know. I mean, they both recorded on Kill Rock Stars, but I don't think at the same time, you know. All right. Um, because yeah. Elliot Smith's albums, I think, mostly came out in the 90s. Right. So he was kind of done by the time they get going. Right. Because when did uh, when did five songs come out? Oh, 2001. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, they were not, if they were contemporaries, it was the very, yeah, very probably end. not. So, but yeah, good song. For sure. What do we have next? Uh, so the second track we're going to talk about is from a cover, another cover album. This one's called Bridging the Distance, and it's a benefit album for a uh, Portland charity for homeless youth. Uh, so they did a, a, a cover called Think About Me. <laughs> a Fleetwood Mac cover. Fleetwood Mac cover. Um, is that Rachel doing the vocals on this? It sounds like Rachel. I actually couldn't find a lot of information about this, but it's, yeah. Fleetwood Mac has kind of had a resurgence because of a, a, a viral TikTok. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it because I'm not on TikTok. I don't really, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm I don't really it. understand why it became the phenomenon that it did. This 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 particular viral video. Yeah, it's just of a guy skateboarding, drinking cranberry juice, listening to dreams. So it, there's just no there's no way to. I don't understand TikTok. We're too old for TikTok. Yeah. Anyway, um, what do you think of the us. cover? I actually really like it. Yeah. And I had never heard the uh, the Fleetwood Mac version, so I went. No, back and it's not. To it. I don't, it's not one of their most popular songs. Yeah, and I actually think the December's version is better. This is one of the few covers that I think one they change things up, and two, it's actually better than the original. Well, they Jenny's hitting it hard with that that organ on this yeah, cover. That organ, and then in the I and then maybe it was just the version of the Fleetwood Mac version I listened to, but the drums were really like uh, over. They were mixed heavy in the Fleetwood Mac version. I didn't dig it. Well, so one thing uh, about this cover is it kind of reminds me almost of like a, a twee pop. Which they didn't really. Yeah. The December's aren't really a twee pop band, but this song is kind of twee pop. This is what I I always wanted Camera Obscura to be like. Yeah, like I was, was kind of every time I listen to Camera Obscura, I'm like, oh man, I really wish they would like lean heavier into the sort of pop rock or chamber pop kind of stuff. But yeah, that's, always... this reminds me of like early Bell and Sebastian and Camera Obscura, right? Um, which like it's a good sound for the Decemberists. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, I mean, I think. This sounds like it would be older than it is. Like the 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 album that it was released on didn't come out until two thousand seven, but I mean at that point Rachel was out of the band, right? Sure, because that was a, that would have been after Picaresque. So mm-hmm. um, if they recorded it, you know, for so it's either not Rachel singing or they recorded yeah, it. Yeah, we way don't know who's singing on this. It's a cool cover though. Like it's a different kind of sound for the band, but. Uh... I'm into it. I'm here for it, as they say. That is what they say. Yeah. So, like, so far, two for two on these random covers. Yeah. Do you like Fleetwood Mac? Are you a Are you a Fleetwood Mac fan? I've never been anything other than like a casual casual listener of their singles. Yeah. Yeah. I only ever heard radio cuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but- I think I probably listened to what's their big album? Uh, rumors. Uh, rumors. I probably listened to Rumors all the way through a couple times, but. That's it. Past and future guest Mason Redmond is a big uh, Fleetwood Mac fan. Is he? He he keeps trying to get me to listen to them. I know I uh, Lindsey Buckingham was pretty good on uh, the What Up With That show. He's always great. Always, always great. Always a strong presence on that. Yeah. What a random bit. Boy, we're talking about Saturday Night Live a lot uh, tonight. Just kind I of top of are. mind. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's bad though, right? I mean, currently, I haven't seen it for years. Who knows? I know that there's 
I watched the first episode because I thought that maybe their presidential debate thing would be good, and it wasn't very funny. Yeah, so I see it when uh, the AV Club will like post links to videos, which I don't understand why they do that. And I watched one recently, and it was like from two weeks ago, and it was just Kate McKinnon on uh, on the Weekend Update, and it was just it there was it was not comedy. I don't really understand. Like, and I don't think it was like alt comedy or like anti-comedy like you know <laughs> just Tim wasn't Heidecker funny kind of stuff i think it was just like it was them not just failing to come up with jokes yeah i think the shows become very almost like sterile in a way right. Right. um and i watched uh th- from this most recent season i watched bill burr's opening monologue which was like a stand-up bit and it was like way edgier humor than anything the show has done in a while and i don't like bill burr do you but, think? Do you think the show has become TGS with with Tracy Jordan? Do you think it's? it's I don't think we're there yet. All right. I mean, I think I would be okay if they went complete into the in the fart doctor territory. I think. I think you know, when Hader and Sanders leave, it's it's a lot of weight for Kate McKinnon to yeah to pull. Well, Keenan, Keenan's there. God bless him. Yeah. He's just like the unsung hero of of the last decade of of Saturday Night Live. I can't believe he's still there. Honestly, we got to move on from talking about SNL. Nobody cares. You're right. Listen, all of our Zoomer listeners, uh, they they don't watch SNL. No, no one watches SNL. We got to talk more about TikToks. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you think the band is on TikTok? I have no idea. Which Decemberist member do you think would be most likely to be on TikTok? I think Nate, because I think he has kids that are that. I Actually, can't Colin has kids. T- Colin has kids that are like TikTok age, right? Yeah, his I older son probably is. Yeah, so who knows? I th- I think parents are probably on TikTok just to make sure that they're. If if you were a parent, don't don't you think you'd want to be on TikTok to make sure they weren't getting up to shenanigans? What I don't know. What what kind of shenanigans shenanigans do you get up to on TikTok? Is there I porn on TikTok? I have no idea. I have no idea what what kind of things you. There's can get probably up to on porn TikTok. on TikTok. I hope so. It's everywhere. Yeah. Uh, speaking of porn, the third song we're going to talk about is from Dark Was the Night, a 2009 uh, charity compilation. Uh, this was an AIDS charity album, uh, I think a long line in a series. And they did a song called Sleepless. As you lie before me now, like a shadow. So let me start by saying that I actually bought this compilation when it came out. Um, it's a, a double LP of uh, exclusive songs from a bunch of really good artists. Yeah, it's basically a who's who of bands Matt was into in, in college. Um, it actually has one of my like favorite indie rock songs, which is um, The Dirty Projectors with David Byrne. Um, it's a song called Naughty Pine. Yeah. Um, it's a great song. And there's a lot of good songs. Like, I think, was it, Wilco's got a pretty good, I think it's like a duet with Feist. Or maybe. Mm, I don't know if that's on this one. That's not on this one. No, Let me look at the, the track here, list. Here's some, here's some other, here's some names on it. You got Spoon. Spoon's on it. Their track's great. Andrew Bird. Beirut. Uh, yeah. Swift Jan Stevens. Arcade Fire. Oh, the Stuart, National. That's such a good National song. Stuart Murdoch's on there with the solo track. I mean, this this is just like a, it's a murderer's row, of like mid to late two thousands. Justin Vernon, so Bon Iver. Bon Iver's on there. Um, Iron and Wine. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Arcade Fire. Oh, that's yep. a good Arcade Fire song. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jim James, no. Connor Oberst, Joanna Newsom. Dark was the night. Was the it was a it was a huge album. Yeah. Anyway, to all of you listeners, I recommend seeking out this album in general because it's great. And this is like a top-tier album-worthy Decemberist original. Yeah, this track, Sleepless, is is a great cut. So it, it is a one. It's it's an extended Decemberist song, right? It's yeah. almost eight minutes long, and, and it's sort a of, twofer. It's a yes. twofer. In like classic Decemberist format, it is a basically a two-part song. Yeah. I mean, this feels this feels like it could be like Her Majesty era. Yeah, like I, like it's just it's so good, and it's kind of melancholy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. If this was an if this was on an album, I don't know. I probably should have put this on. 
don't know if it would have been made top 10, but this is definitely top 20. There's some good, I don't know if it's cello or just bowed bass on this. Um, just like the instrumentation is really, is really nice, really lush. There's some strings. It's a cool song. Yeah. Lyrically, I'm not really sure what's going on here, but I don't know what it's about. But so that first part is this very sort of slow kind of listless thing. But then, um, that second part is just so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say a lot about this, but this is definitely one you should check out. I will say one thing that I thought about when I was listening to this, this song, uh, cause one of the lyrics is like, uh, escaping Illinois or something, which made me think like Illinois is not a, it's not a state that gets name checked a lot in songs. <laughs> I would say, uh, I would we're going to hear it again in this episode. We are. Uh, but I would, I would say like maybe there's like four states that get a lot of, a lot of recognition in pop songs. Uh, but Illinois isn't one of them. Uh, what, what states do you think get the most mentions? Ohio, definitely. Yep. Ohio, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. You hear a lot. I mean, I thought we were doing a bit. You said Ohio. I'm serious about Ohio. What the hell? It's all the swing states, states, right? Ohio, New Hampshire, Florida, (laughs) Pennsylvania. Vermont's not a swing state. (laughs) I'm just saying these days there's more songs about Georgia than usual. Right. I'm saying songs that are states that have songs about them. You got California. That's probably the number one. Like not even close. Number two would probably either be like New York or Texas, I would say. Like, I feel like but Texas gets Are there a lot any of songs new- about New York State? Songs about New York City. Mm, that's true. Anyway, for Ohio, I was just thinking of uh, uh, The National has a song about Ohio. That's, that's one song. And there's that Cleveland Rocks song. Okay, well, for including like cities in songs. like cities, But they say like- Ohio. Okay, that's true. They do. And that was the theme to Drew Carey, the, the Drew Carey show. So right. that got a lot of cultural uh, cachet there. Yeah. So fuck you. Ohio goes on the list. <laughs> okay. Uh, I feel like Tennessee probably. Like, uh, I, I think like Hawaii a, probably. Yeah. I think there's like a lot of country songs that like talk about probably like Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, oh, about I think that, Carolina. Uh, West but, Virginia. Yep. That's one song. There's probably one no, no, song there, about West Virginia. I mean, okay, so let's just name songs that have states in the lyrics. Okay, yeah. How I about mean, Sleepless? Cold Sleepless Clasp of Illinois. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Escaping the Cold Clasp of Illinois. You're in that Cold Clasp of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it's not that cold right now, but it might get there. Anyway, Sleepless. Good track. Check it out. Album worthy. They Yeah. They wasted it here. It's true. Uh, the next track we're going to talk about is from a 2010 uh, compilation album called, I believe it's called Read Interpreting, sorry, Read, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Just, uh, what's it, all right, I'm going to try this again. Read, Read Interpreting Bjork. That's what it's a called. A cover of a whole album of Bjork covers. And they did one called Human Behavior. If you ever get close to a human So Matt, wh- how much do you know about Bjork? I know the only like I know the pop culture things, the swan dress and that she's apparently kind of difficult to work with. Yeah, I, I really know almost nothing about Bjork. But I remember listening to this song when it came out just cuz it's when I was a big enough fan of the Decembers that I would listen to any of their songs. Really? Mm-hmm. I I didn't even know this song existed until a couple weeks ago. Yeah, week this ago. was on like an iTunes playlist that I had of some what you, sort. What do you think of it? It's fine. It doesn't sound very Decemberist-y. No. Which, that's fine, because it's not a Decemberist song. I am not a Bjork fan, so I don't really know what her music sounds like. Did you listen to the original in your research? I had, yeah, I listened to it uh, for this podcast, and I would say... How different is it? It's somewhat different. I mean, Bjork's voice is... Um, you know, it's pretty unique. So it, it's not like Joanna Newsom in, in as much as like, uh, I don't want to listen to it if I don't have to. Like, I think Bjork has a nice voice. I just don't think like, I like her music. Like listening to this song didn't want to make me go out and listen to more Bjork. 
Uh, I mean, see, the instrumentation on this cover doesn't sound very Decemberist-y, so I can only assume that it's sort of mimicking the original's instrumentation. It is, but it doesn't have the... Like, I think the original has a lot more timpani in it, which I don't think the Decemberist version has any timpani. Hmm. I, I can also tell you that the original version has a music video directed by Michael Gondry. That's I think it's pretty, Michelle Gondry, actually. I apologize, Michelle. <laughs> my apologies. Uh, it's pretty it's weird, bra-bra. but cool. <laughs> B-R-A-H B-R-A-H Oh, man <laughs> That's a deep cut Anyway, what do, you, what do you think of this cover? I don't like it I don't like it or the original song I mean, I, I don't think it super fits very well with um, Colin's vocals Yeah And just like, why? Why? I mean, maybe they're just Maybe he's a big fan of Bjork I don't know Well, Ben Gibbard does a cover on this as well And I know that they're tight with do you think it was peer pressure? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah. They're like, hey, everyone's doing these Bjork covers now. You should get hey, in on it. All the nerdy white dudes with glasses and dark hair who play indie rock are covering Bjork songs. Yeah. So, yeah. Not a lot to say about this song. It has some, like, uh, very kind of, like, electronic distortion-y kind of instrumentation. Mm. Um, not the kind of stuff you typically hear from the band. No. As it is, it's not a cover I really listen to. No, no, it's nothing nothing special. It is a cover for Bjork fans, not for Decemberist fans. Yeah. So the next uh the next track we're gonna talk about is from a twenty twelve album. It's from the uh Hunger Games companion album. They did a song called One Engine. These are songs that were just, were they like recorded for the movie? Or? I think they were, they were inspired by, or some, a couple of the songs are actually in the movie. I think the, the Taylor Swift song is in there. And I think maybe the Arcade Fire song is in the movie. So probably this was all like basically bands who wanted to have the closing credits song. And this was like the competition, right? To see who could make the closing credits. Because it's actually like a really good... I mean, it's I like this album. And it's got a really stacked lineup. I mean, it's got Arcade Fire. It's got Nico Case. It's got the Punch Brothers. It's got the Decemberists. Uh, I really like the Civil Wars song on here. The Civil Wars um, Taylor Swift song. Um, this is kind of an unremarkable Decemberist song. You don't like One Engine. I think it's... It is a late career Decemberist song. Like, this to me sounds like it could be on... uh, And gives me the same feelings as many of the albums on King is Dead. Well, this was probably recorded around the same time because this, this was released during their hiatus years. This came... I think their hiatus started in, like, end of 2011, beginning of 2012. Yeah, to me it's a, a little like unremarkable. What do you think? Do you like it? I like it. I mean, I like it as much as like probably some of the tracks on uh, "Long Live the King." Like, I feel like it would fit on that. Are the lyrics supposed to be inspired by Hunger Games? I don't think Colin Malloy would read Hunger Games. It seems a little low culture for him. Really, you don't think he 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 goes for the the YA novels every once in a while? I I don't know. He de- I mean, he he writes in that genre. He seems plugged like. into the zeitgeist. I bet he's read Hunger Games. Maybe. I think he he posted uh, on Instagram like in the last few days that he's he's almost finished Brothers Kazmarov or whatever. So I, I yeah, I, I saw that Karamasov. Yeah, kind of makes me think that he's not. There's something in here. Games. The Martyr Line. It's a bitter pill. So maybe that's about like the whole tribute thing. I don't know. Have you seen or read Hunger Games? I've seen the first two Hunger Games movies. Okay. I've never read any of them, but I've seen all the movies. I I feel like this sort of disappeared from the culture in a way that, like, <laughs> it was a big deal, right? It was but a I mean, huge deal. I feel like, like the, first the one in particular. young adult dystopia was, like, a big thing for a hot second. I mean, it still kind of is. But, like, yeah, I mean, so you had this, you had Maze Runner, you had... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Allegiant is that the same thing? I don't know. There's a there's divergent. a lot of these things. Divergent, that's the one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Mortal Engines was another attempt to uh, that to looked get in cool. on that. Never saw it. Did you know it wasn't directed by Peter Jackson? He just yes, produced it. I know. I th- I thought it was a Peter Jackson movie, like for the you know year and a half between the time I saw the trailer and the time it came out. But so we've got in this song some like driving guitar and drums. Yeah. Definitely a little bit of like an Americana feel to it, I would say. Yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> I think it's more of a rock song than an Americana song, but... It's like a roots rock. I guess. I mean, it's pretty electric guitar heavy for a December song. Yeah, I don't know why this song doesn't really do anything for me. This song just like would be nestled in on King is Dead and would be a forgettable song on that album. Well, speaking of forgettable songs... The next one we're going to talk about is another from another album that came out in 2012. It's from the album Voice of Ages, which is a Chieftains album. The Decemberists teamed up with the Chieftains for the song When the Ships Come In. Oh, the time will come when the winds will stop and the breeze... So there's a bunch of, uh, like, team-ups with, like hip artists on this yeah the the chieftains actually like have done this a few times in their career where they'll just like do an album where they just team up with a whole bunch of people like they have a, a really good country album actually where they did like some songs with dwight yoakam and um that's the only one i can think of but i know dwight yoakam's on there and it's a really good album so is this whole album covers or just this song well i think that i think the chieftains do a lot of covers because they're a that's traditional fair. band but i think it's it's all duets it's all duets with other bands did you know this song I didn't know the song. No, I knew honestly, this song. Is it a is it a traditional or is it a? It's a Dylan song. Okay. Yeah. So this is a Bob Dylan song. No, oh, I had no idea. Um, but like many Bob Dylan songs, it's been covered over and over again. Nice. Um, so this is from I think it's from the times they are changing. Mm. Um, but looking it up, there's like an Arlo Guthrie version and a Peter Paul and Mary version, and uh, yeah, I mean like here's the thing: Bob Dylan writes really good lyrics and really good melodies. Yeah. Um, and this song has a really good melody. Yeah. Dylan is really, is better known as a songwriter than a performer. Sure. That's a hot take. So you called this forgettable, but I like this song better than one engine. I like it. It's fine. It's just, it doesn't, it's, it's just in the more folky of their, of their, uh, oeuvre. And, uh, it doesn't sound like it melodically like a decemberist song like it sounds like a traditional folk song it's cool that the song exists and like it's cool that they did a song with the chieftains i think colin's vocals are good on this yeah i like that i mean i i like the chieftains i like the sort of i like traditional like irish music so it's fine it it just kind of sounds like a traditional irish song it but it's interesting that it's not right because i would agree I i didn't know that i mean bob dylan is really good at writing songs that sound timeless yeah like yeah he writes songs that sound like they could be old folk songs. Right. At least he used to. Yeah. And this is Who from knows early what he's in his career. Days. Uh, I mean, he still comes out with stuff and, re- you know, reviews are like, wow, this is actually really good. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're no, in the shut cares. up and play the hits. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who would have called him Judas when he went electric. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of Judas, mm. uh, the, the next track we're going to talk about, uh is from it is i guess it's part of an album now but it was initially released as a single uh the first single of a series that lin-manuel miranda released as, as part of the hamel drop series i gotta say this is one of my favorite songs from this episode 100 percent uh this uh, is ben franklin's song Yeah, you can all thank me. Took some light so I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a musical about uh, about Alexander Hamilton, who was yeah. one of the founding fathers. I heard. I, 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 I saw it on Disney+. Plus. So there's this musical, and there's a bunch of tracks that didn't make the cut into the musical. Some extra songs that got written, and then some remixes. Which is crazy to think that he wrote extra songs, because there are so many songs in this freaking musical. Yeah. You, yeah, there are. But also, like... 
it's crazy to think that like part of the part of the writing process of the musical would involve like you you would I don't know to me it it would make sense to write the story first and then figure that out and then not bother writing any songs you don't need but I think Wait. that's not how Lin Manuel Miranda works he's like I he's because he's a songwriter so he wrote a bunch of songs and like figured out if there was a musical that could be put around him i guess i mean he's also the kind of person who read a biography of alexander hamilton and decided it needed to be a hip-hop musical so let's not try and get into this guy's brain yeah it's can we be a hamilton podcast for a second is that about to start happening if you want how do you feel about hamilton i mean so i'm the kind of person who listened to it because i kept hearing about it right and like i'm of an age where i heard about it on npr sure right Right. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it a try because I'm a history teacher. Um, and I listened to it and was absolutely fucking blown away by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's a masterpiece. Like, I think it, I think it is as good as everybody says it is. Right. Are, are you going to be contrarian about this? No, I think it's, I think it's good in the same way that, like, Jesus Christ Superstar is good. Like, it's going to become part of, like, the fabric of, like, just you know, pop culture and media and stuff. I think it's importance as a piece of art is definitely going to like, I think that reevaluation has already started and has been like, you know, happening. I mean, it, it kind of came to a boiling point whenever it was released on Disney plus, but I I think that that reignited all the conversations, but it's cool that this kind of thing got as popular as it did. Right. I mean, I love, I love like sort of nerdy, you know, like nerdy history and i like the fact that there's a there's a fun musical about it so like, and we should cool. we should mention that we've already covered on this that lin-manuel miranda is a decemberist fan yeah yeah we've mentioned Which, it on the podcast he wrote the in like uh in the the liner notes for the anniversary release of crane wife um like he's a decemberist fan Right. Uh, so basically what happened was when Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote this song, he didn't know it wasn't going to be in the musical, obviously, or else he wouldn't have written it. But he th- always thought of it as being sort of, he thought of Ben Franklin having sort of a Decemberist vibe. And so... And he didn't write it, the music. He only wrote the lyrics to the song. He only wrote the lyrics. So whenever it came time to do this Hamel Drops thing where they were going to repurpose a bunch of songs and, and remix stuff, he approached Colin about putting music to the lyrics that he had written for the song. And so this is what they came up with. And this was the first of the Hamel Drop series where it was like a year of every month uh, they released a new track or a remix or a cover version. I haven't listened to any of them except this song. Yeah. That's the thing. I like, I like the musical Hamilton. I don't really need any of the ephemera. <laughs> right. That's fair. So this is a song of basically ben franklin introducing himself and we should maybe say that if you're familiar with hamilton you'll know that ben franklin is not even a character in hamilton well i i think one of the things i read was that uh he was like he knew that if he was going to include ben franklin it would have to like take away from the hamilton narrative so like i think he's like he knew pretty early on that it wasn't going to fit well and so with the music that colin has made for the song it would stand out on the in the musical because it's not in the style of a a musical right but it's a great song it's fun yeah it's a fun song like this song gets stuck in my head yeah um it it is a if this were in the musical it would be the most foul mouthed song in the musical it does have some swears in it there's a cuss or two in it and it's dirty yeah, well, I mean, everyone knows uh, Benjamin Franklin was the president that fucked the most. Yeah. If, if there's two things that people know about Ben Franklin, right. he was president of the United States, number one. This, this guy fucks. And he fucks. Those are like, the it's two like, things. what do people know about him? Kite and chlamydia. Yeah. Right? Like, those are, that's what people yeah. know. Yeah. And the fact uh, that he was a president of the United States, 100%. He was um, elected to that office. <laughs> You actually already tried to make that joke on this podcast and nobody gave a shit. It's my favorite joke <laughs> of all jokes I've ever made in my entire life. It's, it's something that I I really want the world to think that Ben Franklin was president of the United States. So if Ben Franklin were a character in Hamilton, apparently according to this song, he is a jackass who is full of himself. Yeah, well, like everyone in the play. So there's some references to uh, him hanging out in Paris and getting around with some Parisian ladies Yep. Um, 
to his because what was he doing in france he was like wasn't he the the official like uh ambassador to france from yeah. the continental congress yes and he was trying to uh secure uh you know money and and financial and military support from france um so just reading the lyrics of this song there are so many good lyrics that stand out to me yeah so i'm gonna give some of my favorites all right i very much enjoy <laughs> i said early to bed bitches early to rise just what like yeah. why it's great yeah, yeah i mean i th- i think maybe maybe one of the reasons why the song was cut because uh, Lin Manuel knew that the sort of rapping grandpa trope was a <laughs> bit played out. Uh, there's also this line, which I very much love, which is uh, John Adams debates at the gates of Versailles. He whines and parades and awaits a reply as I stay up late with a succulent breast or a thigh. I mean, because he likes chicken. Yeah, you, exactly. That's what he's talking he likes about. Fried chicken. Uh, is also I am seventy six and I'll still kick your ass, fucking Franklin. These are all true things about America's greatest president. <laughs> I mean, he was he was like the Chuck Norris before Chuck Norris. He was. He also uh, had a son that was a, a royal governor that was put in jail for the the duration huh. of the of the war. They I would say about it in the song. If I was going to complain about the song, it sounds a little too much like someone just read a Wikipedia entry for Ben Franklin and tried to jam as many things about him into a song as possible. Hey, what are you going to do? I mean, they throw in the poor Richard's almanac. Uh, apparently he played a glass harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's a euphemism for something? Oh, he played that glass harmonica. <laughs> I don't know. But this is a fun song. Like they should play this live. I think they do it on occasion. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, good song. Hamilton's a good musical. You should check it out. Yeah, I will say this song is fun and great, but it's not as good as the songs that are on Hamilton. Yeah. Although it would be fun if this song was in there and they actually had Colin on Broadway in the Ben Franklin wig and fat suit playing Ben Franklin. Yeah, I think that would be Colin's greatest dream come true. Although they would need to they would de- need to do some more like stunt casting for Brent, for Ben Franklin. A, you think they could pull a bigger name than Colin Malloy? Well, I just think that like he would need to be like a a a, a young Brazilian woman. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> yeah, to uh, complete their sort of uh, pan racial casting. Absolutely right. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. One hundred percent on board with it. It's a good song. The last song we're going to talk about is actually not on any album. It's not on a compilation or anything. It's a it's a brand new song. Fresh out of the oven. A few weeks ago, Colin was on NPR and I guess they were doing a series about uh musicians writing songs during COVID and he shared with them a track that he'd been working on and that track is called Slint Spiderland. I was watching a movie about Slint Spiderland. While the parasite outside so Slint the is a band. It was mm-hmm. like a punk band from Kentucky, and they did. They only ever released two albums, I believe, um, and the second one was Spiderland. And apparently, Colin saw a documentary about them making the album Spiderland, and that was sort of the. That's where the title comes from. It's about that documentary. Right. But, but it's because while he was about. watching that documentary is when all the news about COVID was coming out. Right. And so this is sort of like his meditation on what it feels like to be living during COVID. Which is why it's such like a happy, catchy song, like super fun and upbeat, because he loves it. It, it actually like, is kind of a catchy song, though. It is catchy. And I think it's a really pretty song. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And, and you know, it's since it's it was probably just Colin you know, and maybe his wife dicking around in the, in his own studio. So it's not like super heavily instrumented. I think it's just Colin on guitar and maybe some organ. I think he's doing his own backing vocals too. Yeah. So it's, it's super sparse, but it sounds cool. And it's, it's, you know, this is a song sort of inspired by how he's feeling during COVID, but like without that context, you probably wouldn't know. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not There's one talking about a- line. He talks about uh, the parasite outside 
that belied the calls from high demand. So I, th- I think that's the only sort of like reference to a disease. Right. Is the parasite outside. Yeah. But it also named Jex, Illinois. It does. That I think is an explicit reference to Slint Spiderland because. For sure. I, th- I think they recorded that album in Chicago. And I, I really like the end of the song gets a little bit more expressly topical. Mm-hmm. Um, where he talks about another morning rises, another batten down as the government equivocates to flounder or to drown. So I headed to the market and took my life in my own hands, like those four boys on the quarry on the sleeve of Slint Spiderland. And that's a reference to the cover of the album. Right. But he's using that as a metaphor for living during COVID. Yeah. It's neat. It's a cool song. I don't know if it's going to end up on an album. Probably not. I mean, who knows? But, you know, I guess say if this is sort of a, a solo Colin song, there's there's other songs that like I've heard Colin play that never ended up on albums. Yeah. Like one about uh, like Weird and Wonderful, which is oh, on yeah, his live album. One. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a nice one. I don't think it ever got a studio recording anywhere. Yeah. So Slint Spiderland, quality. Yeah, good stuff. And I think we've now talked about every Decemberist song. Oh, we have not. We have not. There's more to come. But since this is our last album, or last uh, last episode before uh, the election, I did want to. I did want to ask you. What do you think? What do you think would happen? Who do you think Cole Malloy's going to vote for? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could go either way. (laughs) So, so as dark as their last couple albums were. Like, do you think if Trump wins, do you think they have a darker place? Could put out a black black metal album. <laughs> like <just> what? Because <laughs> I mean, d- like, uh, I'll be your girl was there, sort of like staring into the abyss and just like yelling at at the nothingness and and the the bleak future that we have. If it gets bleaker, where where do they go? Where do they go from there? Yeah, that's a great question. Because they just felt so defeated. Like when we saw them, like I feel like I don't know, and maybe you know we've talked about this so many times. But you know what like happened? Concert- It'll be a whole album of tripping along in Lake Song style style oh. jams. That's what they're gonna do. It's just, uh. <laughs> yeah. But also that last tour we saw them on. I think we just saw them on a bad night. Yeah, that's possible. So yeah, uh, should, we, should we do our election predictions? I I don't know. It's 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 pretty dark. That's not what that's not what the polls say. Don't oh god. You remember yeah, remember twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen was all about Listen that. We're gonna have Nate Silver on our next episode. I would love to talk to Nate Silver about what happened in twenty sixteen. I'm sure I'm sure no he one's has ever never no, he's never had no one's ever asked him about it. No one's ever been like, Hey Nate, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I don't think he's ever explained twenty sixteen polling since I doubt then. anyone yeah, I'm, I'm sure like November He's like, seven. Wow, no one's ever asked me about that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just resigned. I'm resigned to four more years of Trump, but I, I hope I don't have to, you know, suffer through it. Here's a question. What percent of hardcore Decemberist fans do you think are Trump supporters? Like 60. <laughs> 60%? No, I don't, I don't think any. Zero. You think it's close to zero. Zero percent. Zero percent. It's quite possible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any hardcore Trump supporters, though. That's the thing. We also don't know any hardcore Decemberist fans. It's, that's even. So, I think that's even rarer to find a hardcore Decemberist fan. Well, it's definitely rare. I don't think that thirty percent of the country is hardcore Decemberist <laughs> fans. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. Well, so hopefully they'll they'll be making more cheerful music in twenty twenty. A little more optimistic. How about we end the episode by both suggesting a Decemberist themed Halloween costume that could exist? A Decemberist themed Halloween costume that could exist. Okay, give me a second to think of one. Um, I can go. All right, go for it. All right, so my thought is a group costume, and it's the rake and all of his children that he killed. Oh, I was going to say that, you bastard. Okay, that's a good one. Were you really? Yeah. All right. I was specifically going to be like the kid drowned in the tub. I feel like that would oh, okay. be a good one because yeah. then you're just like a naked child. But do the whole family. Yeah. Yeah, if you can get everyone together. For sure. What about the 
the kid from the sporting life that'd be an easy one because you that just would. you just wear a soccer a soccer uniform Ooh, maybe do like a uh you could do like a Bagman's gambit valerie plame just dress up as valerie plame just yeah be valerie plame go all in on it oh chimbley sweep little orphan that, boy that'd be sweeping fun. sweeping old ladies chimneys yeah give yourself a little uh little little mustache with the uh soot little soot mustache to make yeah. yourself look older mm-hmm. these are all great uh, great ideas yeah you guys should be writing this down yeah send us your pic we'll, we'll post them on our twitter Right. Send us Any- pictures of your Decemberist <laughs> Halloween costume. All the people who dress up as the Decemberist songs, please do that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I think we did it. The next episode, I don't know when it's going to be. Sometime in November. I think we, we're, we're officially committing to a once a month release. Yeah. Until they start putting out more albums. So I think our next episode, I think we should do Tarkio next. Okay. So we're calling our shot now. Next month will be a Tarkio episode covering the... What two albums they did as Tarkio? I mean, we'll be listening to the compilation that came out. Right, the Tarkio Omnibus. So look forward to that sometime in November. Uh, And until next time, do you uh, know who the fuck we are? Yeah, we're Benjamin fucking Franklin, fuckers. America's greatest president. America's greatest and horniest president. All right, bye guys. Bye. Which is ghost, 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 ghost,